Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of How to Write the Future. I am your host, Beth Barani. Just want to remind you that this is the podcast for science fiction and fantasy writers who want to create positive, optimistic futures because when we vision what is possible, we put that into our books, we help make it so for the world. This podcast is also for anyone who cares about the future. Before I dive into the interview I have for you today, I want to share three dirty little secrets. Number one, Russell's material, my guest's material today and in parts two and three that follow is really for people who are writing fiction and are ready to market their fiction or already marketing their fiction. So if you're not ready to be really putting your work out there, then it's okay to skip this mini series and come back to it when you're ready. Number two, the second dirty little secret is that there is some new terminology that my guest uses to describe his author ecosystem. There's five terms, in fact, and I do recommend you go take his quiz at authorecosystem.com so you can get familiar with his five types. In this episode, we cover three types, and in the subsequent second and third part, we'll cover the rest. So in this episode, you'll start to learn some new terminology. I just want to give you a heads up on that, and we'll be explaining those. And then the third dirty little secret, my guest material is dense. And actually, it's only been in the editing process that I'm really starting to put things together in a way that I hadn't before. And I took his quiz and I read the material for my type and I learned a little bit about the other types, but it didn't sink in right away. And that's okay. Like a lot of new things, there's a lot to learn. So just keep that in mind as you dive in. And it's totally okay to listen to this episode and parts two and three again and again. And it's also okay, as I said already, to skip this if you're not ready. All right, so let's dive in. And you may want to take his quiz at authorecosystem.com so that you can discover your ideal author ecosystem, which is about using your natural skills and tendencies to thrive as an author. All right, let's dive in. I'm so glad to have with me today a special guest, Russell Nolte, who I met, gosh, over a year ago. I just want to share with everyone who is Russell. Russell Nolte is a USA Today bestselling fantasy author who has written dozens of novels and graphic novels, including one that I own, including The God's First Chronicles, The Obsidian Spindle Saga, and Ichabod Jones' Monster Hunter. He is the publisher of Wannabe Press, co-host of the Kickstart Your Book Sales podcast, co-founder of the Writer MBA Training Academy, which I have been a part of, and co-founder of the Future of Publishing Mastermind. He's also co-created the author ecosystem to help authors thrive, which we're all about here. And you could take the quiz that they share to find your perfect ecosystem at authorecosystem.com. And Russell lives in Los Angeles with his wife and dogs. So welcome, Russell. So glad you could be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And just a wonderful plug. I really enjoy your fiction. I have your graphic novel that I'm spacing on. I've got to go grab it. But about the girl who has to fight demons. Green hates uh, the dead. Yeah, I, I loved it. Made me cry at the end. It's really good. Oh, thank yeah. you. That's the best you can do when you have an action book is if you can get people to care about the characters enough to cry or feel emotion at the end. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right there with you. And just so everyone knows, full disclosure, I've taken Russell's Kickstarter programs for novelists, and I successfully did a Kickstarter launch last year for the fourth book 
Yeah, in my sci-fi mystery series, Red Running Deep, and I, I did a modest goal. I achieved my goal, almost tripled my goal. It was a really great experience. Opened my eyes to how to do a Kickstarter for a novelist, which I think is a great option, and which kind of segues us into sustainability and creating author careers, which I understand your author ecosystem is all about. It is. So it's interesting because we have had Monica and I, my business partner, Monica Leonel and I, we've worked with thousands of authors at this point across over 25 years. And both of us have this very longitudinal perspective and data-driven perspective to how we run our businesses. I have a degree in sociology. Monica has an MBA. And uh, so we started to see this trend in our students where even though we give them all the same content, and if you've ever done any courses or you've ever taught anything, you know that given the same information, a small percentage of the people do well. The average person does well. Then some percent of people way overperform, but then another group way underperforms. And so we got really obsessed with why people underperform, why people are on the outliers, because I love a good bell curve, but I am all about looking at long and short tails. And we started to see that the people that really succeed on Kickstarter above the higher than average. You have a person with a thousand people on their email list. We're looking at the people that are vastly overperforming that and vastly underperforming that. And also looking at people who are seven-figure authors who are, are making $700 on Kickstarter. It doesn't make sense. They wake up in the morning and before they brush their teeth, they've made $700. So how is it possible that they could spend 30 days on a Kickstarter campaign and only make $700? It almost doesn't seem feasible just by having a big audience, you would luck into more money than that, it seems like. They've made similar campaigns and they've completed the objectives. And we started to see that a very specific cohort of people were way overperforming and then way underperforming. And then from there, Monica has been really successful in retailers. So she's been wide on retail. She has books on retailers. And we have a series that we co-wrote called the Book Sales Supercharge, which has 16 books. I've co-written five of them. Monica has a bunch more on wide and website and all of this other stuff, which is incredible. And so she started to see that a very specific cohort of people were succeeding non-retailers, again, higher than the modal and then lower than the mode. I suck at retailers, even though I have a huge, I don't even have my books on retailers for the most part. I have my comics, my nonfiction there, but I don't have any of my fiction on retailers. So people are like, well, have you even written a book? I've authored 40 for a bunch of reasons. I just don't have any of them up on retailers. And she's like, why is that? Well, it turns out that there are some tendencies that authors generally fall into. Now, we are all about personalized marketing at Writer MBA, so nothing is a perfect fit for everyone. But there seems to be what we discovered was there were roughly five, there's probably slightly more or less than five, just so happens to be five ecosystems, biomes in the world. There happens to be roughly five of these things uh, that they were seeing. And so we didn't want to use nine like Enneagrams, we wanted it to be small. So it started as an experiment to figure out how we could get more people success in our program. So more people would enroll in them. And it ended up being this deep dive into what makes writers successful and how they can use their natural tendencies to be more successful. 
Yeah. Yeah. I actually took the quiz and, and found out I'm, I think it's grassland, which really makes sense. I'm more of someone who wants to do a little bit over a long period of time. So Kickstarter and launches make me a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, and I've done them. I've done them a lot in my own business. And I've done them somewhat with fiction. And of course, this was the most successful launch I had done. And it was still very small because I only did two weeks instead of four. Because the idea of a four-week launch period, I was like, oh, no. I didn't have the right. stamina. It's kind of a sprint. And I'm much more of a marathoner. So I really appreciate that you created this ecosystem. And I, I do encourage people to take it. I found I'm a little bit of an odd duck coming in from a business, having run a business, and then also paralleling. I've been running my fiction, too, for over a decade beside, but treating it like a little kid sister. <laughs> And so it's like, how do I bring in my grassland tendencies? So I think it's a really interesting model for people to pay attention to. And I really appreciate that you've created something that isn't like, hey, everyone, the answer is Kickstarters. Well, no, some people aren't really well suited for that for all kinds of reasons. So I really appreciate that you've done that. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say Monica is a grassland and I am a tundra. And so they are as diametrically opposed as far as their launch models as two people can get. So a grassland, and that's from everything I know about you, it sounds right. Grasslands do this thing that Monica calls putting pennies in the bank, which is their big secret weapon is content marketing. And they are really good at spotting trends that are coming in the future and then going so deep that anytime someone searches on that platform for something, they are going to come up at the top. And then once they start bubbling up to the top, they just stay at the top because then they get the speaking engagements, then they get all and just starts being this like. And as the interest of that topic starts to rise, they just keep rising with it. But they're usually two years before a trend. And by having just that length of time, by the time anyone else catches up, they already own the topic. We call it uh, pulling the rope. And they just like they're they have they own a thing but before anyone even knows that it's a thing that is worth owning. And it's because of that mm -hmm. deep, deep, deep dive that they're doing. And one of the problems of grasslands is they do all these little like they're doing all of this stuff and they don't ever stand up. We call it standing up a tree, which is that they don't have something to where when where all eyes turn to them, they're like, oh, go buy my book or go buy my course, or come consult with me. They're so interested in all of depth that they don't actually mm -hmm. monetize it well. And that is very antithetical to the way that a Tundra launches and Kickstarter launches because they're focused on a very short amount of time, having a huge amount of excitement, and then squirreling away for a long mm -hmm. time and like hibernating for months. And that absolutely doesn't work for a grassland because a mm -hmm. grassland is all about evergreen content, which is what we learned. It's very helpful yeah. to have two people in two very different ecosystems when we were developing this because she doesn't like launches and I don't understand. I didn't understand why. Then I was like, oh, you have to, when someone finds your work, they have to be able to come mm -hmm. and engage with it in that moment. You can't put them on a list for six months from now. Whereas mm -hmm. for me, I'm usually like building to a point like a conductor or like a fashion designer. So like it makes sense for me to be building that head of steam and then collecting people and then doing these, I call them clear out events where like you're clearing out your list and like making some people paid. So like mine, I, like a rolling mm -hmm. tundra, like a rolling hill. And that doesn't work as a grassland. The grasslands are very hard for me or were very hard for me. They still are hard for me because 
I can't keep that sustained momentum. You said mm-hmm. the thing about sprinters versus marathoners. Like I'm a sprinter. I want to run fast and then mm-hmm. recover for like weeks, months, and then do it again. I have had to learn how to do this mm-hmm. puddings in a bank in order to evolve mm-hmm. past just my tundra tendencies. Because even though you have these tendencies that will help you, really a lot of what you need to do is once you have that healthy ecosystem, it's evolve and bring in things that which makes you stronger so you can build out that ecosystem because everyone has a part, every ecosystem and every person has a little bit of it. I've been saying this for years as someone who's worked mm-hmm. in nonfiction and fiction and comics and basically every facet of publishing. When I talk to people, the things that feel very easy for Mm -hmm. someone like a comic book person to do, they're like, oh yeah, you do shows, you do Kickstarter, you do all these things are impossible for a not Like they don't even, it's like another language to a novelist. Whereas a novelist who's like, yeah, you just write a long series, you run ads to it, do these releases, you're do X, Y, and Z thing. You move in multiple formats. All of the things, comic book, nonfiction people are like, what? No, no, no. You build a course. You have a podcast. And so everyone seems to have somewhere between five and 15% or so. I mean, those are just random numbers of the secret. The way that I've been able to be successful is to be able to be like, it seems pretty clear that I should just build an autoresponder sequence like a nonfiction person would have as a fiction person and do some mailing list techniques like them. And then sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. But having this ability to say, this is my natural tendency. I know that if all chips are down, I'm going to fall back on doing a launch. I'm just going to look around and be like, what assets do I have? How do I build a thing? How do I stack it up? It happened twice so far this year. And I've been in distress two times and it led to two my last two launches both came from, from that distress point, whereas a mm-hmm. grassland will have different tactics. But I also now have found ways to incorporate grassland. Being a grassland, I've found ways to write long series that work for me. I've found mm-hmm. ways to expand it in formats. And all of these people yeah. have a piece of it. And you need to know where you are comfortable and what parts of it you can bring into yourself and also what you don't. Because especially most of the successful authors in this field are deserts in fiction and indie publishing are deserts, which is one we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about deserts and then let's touch on the others as well. Okay. So deserts, they love optimization. Have you ever heard someone say like, just like right to market mm-hmm. and been like, my brain doesn't work like that. It's because a, a desert can do that. Their special talent is they can look at objectively at a market and say, oh, this is a good market to be in. Here's where the trend is. Here's the six tropes that they want in this order. And then they can pull themselves out and just focus on the work and a book that doesn't have any part of them in it. The thing that they love is the writing and the optimization. It's not about writing something necessarily from their heart. They make amazing (laughs) newspaper journalists because they can just be like, hey, go write about this. Mm-hmm. Cool. Awesome. They make great ghostwriters mm-hmm. and they make great KU authors because KU is all about finding where the market is going and being able to follow there. And so many authors, when they're super successful, they have found the market, mm-hmm. but then the market moves on and they're like, but I'm not, I'm not. And it's like, well, 
the people that can do this over time, you're talking your Michael Anderleys, your, um, I don't know why that's the only name I can think of. A lot of publishers are deserts because what a (laughs) publisher wants to do, someone like James Patterson also is like, Mm -hmm. this is the formula. I found the formula and now I need to find authors to write in my formula, which is the way that Mm -hmm. a lot of publishers expand. They're just like, this is the book I need you to write. And a lot of people who are the writers who write those books Mm -hmm. are deserts because they can be like, oh. Yeah, I can hit those check marks. Whereas for other ecosystems, right. they can't hit those check marks. That's not going to happen. And it's not that a forest ghostwriter can't be successful. You have to go into that first meeting and say, like, I'm going to give you an outline. And then it's going to have the vibes that are right. But that's not going to be the book. Maybe I'll hit the main things, but you have to trust that I've done it before. and I'm just going to work my way out. And you have to like me. and. A lot of ghostwriting clients don't want that. And, but that is why the Mark Dawson's and the Michael Anderleys mm-hmm. and like a lot of the advice, it's not wrong. It's just deserts can be preternaturally right. successful on KU, which has been for the last 10 years, the driving mm-hmm. force of the independent publishing industry. And they can also be preternaturally successful writing content for other people which is the main way that you have success in traditional publishing by getting deals. So when you are at the top of the game, the advice that you find is like Mm. rapid release. Well, do you know why people can rapid release? Because they can extricate Mm -hmm. themselves emotionally from the work. And it just becomes about writing 60,000 words or 40,000 words that month. When you actually bring in your emotion into it, it's very taxing to do that work every single month. And it's taxing also to continually try and find where the market is. And most importantly, the forest, which is the opposite side of the desert, is successful because Mm -hmm. they infuse themselves in the work. Like they are the Melissa Storms Mm. and the RJ Blaine's of the world and the Neil Gaiman's. You are reading Mm -hmm. a Neil Gaiman book for Neil Gaiman's point of view, not because it's the greatest Mm -hmm. a sword and sorcery book in the world. You're reading it because like Neil Gaiman or Stephen King point of view. So what happens a lot is we have a lot of forests. Probably the the people that find the most Mm. eye-opening success are grasslands and forests. And that is because forests have been told to be Mm. every other thing and not be like themselves. But that is the way they will find success because they are the brand Mm -hmm. as opposed Mm -hmm. to the genre being the brand. Yeah. Yeah. I came out as grassland, but I can't write to market to save my life, really, except but I do pay attention to trends and I am, I'm pretty sure, ahead of the curve. When I started in sci-fi mystery, there was like no other books in that. And by the time I published, which was four years after I started writing, then like Barnes and Noble or something had the subcategory actually there. That was the only vendor that had it. And now I'm starting to see it more out there. People are starting to recognize it and talk about it. It, There's a popular TV show slash book series that included mystery as a main component. Well, and that makes sense also because your grasslands success comes Mm -hmm. from depth. So by definition, You don't jump from thing to thing. You stick in a thing for a long time. And so being able to 
follow the market is not actually how you have success. You have success by doing, by spreading yourself all around a market and making all of the eyes turn to you and Mm -hmm. see you and start following you little by little by little. And like memberships are great for grasslands because what people are looking for is that take on like where the trends are going. They're great reporterly kinds of people because thought leaders will follow them because they want to know what is next. So that's it for part one of my conversation with Russell Nolte. Stay tuned for the next two parts of our conversation where Russell will go into the fifth author ecosystem type. He'll also talk about how do you make your ecosystem healthy and some of the biggest problems authors face building their author career. And lastly, we'll dig into his upcoming Future of Publishing event, a big mastermind happening in 2024 in New Orleans in February. So stay tuned for that coming next week. And just a quick reminder, if you have any questions about this work that Russell and Monica are doing, be sure to check out authorecosystem.com and take their quiz. All right, until next time, write long and prosper.